Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Rimble, back again. And uh, this is the House of Ephraim show. Do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in the show. It's Mark Reinbolt. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deggert. Turn to Luke 7:26 with me this evening, will you? The name of the message is the unleavened bread of the end times. The unleavened bread of the end times. Luke 17:26. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Say them all. Likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Now let me stop and prophetically uh, place this into this. Now, it's only the righteous that holds things together, okay? When things really, really go haywire is when the righteous remove themselves. Now, you and I are the righteous of God. This is the last day visitation. There's not going to be any more. There are going to be millions upon millions of Christians that deny this, will walk away from it, have nothing to do with it. Okay? That's their problem. It's not ours. Because we are the righteous of God. Now, I don't, I don't know that, that, that you can grasp a hold of that spiritually. I'm not too sure that your minds can grasp a hold of it. But listen closely. There's a great chance that once God gets the righteous, Ephraim, out of this, this country, even the other nations. And by the way, we have people listening on the blog daily, new people from all around this world. It's phenomenal what God's doing by his spirit. But it could be after God gets us out, this thing's going to go down. It will surprise me. I'm not beginning. I've not been told this or showing it to me. But I won't be a bit surprised that once he takes the righteous out of here, that this nation doesn't go down. Okay? Why? Because that, that, that's God's way. See, you, you and I, because we're flesh and blood, it's very difficult, brothers and sisters, for us to grab on to this thing about a God that blesses and gives us everything and loves us and everything, and a God that would send a death angel to kill thousands upon thousands of people. See, our minds, it's a little, well, which God is he? He's everything. He is that. He is the other. And anything you can think of in between. It's a powerful thing to believe in a God that can do everything. Okay? So, and, and again, of course, we, we teach faith. We, we believe in faith. And, and let me tell you this. As a congregation, I'm proud of the fact that you are moving along. I'm proud of that. 
Some of you, uh, in the spirit, some of you, bless God, I think, what are we in, eight, nine years? And some of you, bless God, in the spirit, don't even look like the same people who walked through those doors eight, nine years ago. Because you're coming forward in this thing. But we need to shore that up, as I said, and move on. So, 30th verse, even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed in that day... He which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife, okay? Now, a lot of the church, Pentecostals anyway, get to believe and that's attached, uh, you know, to the, to the rapture. No, it's not. As I have told you and showed you scripturally, there's not going to be a rapture, not during the time of tribulation. Now, there will be one, okay? I'm not at liberty by God at this point to discuss that because if I did, you would be up all night, wouldn't sleep for the next probably three weeks trying to comprehend at all. My ten prophets say amen Amen. because I revealed it to them. Now don't get them to the side and Here's five bucks. Tell me what you know. <laughs> At least don't, you know, please, please. It won't work, amen? It won't work. No, there's not going to be a, a rapture during that time of the tribulation. And, that, and see, and, and, and that's where the, the whole thing with the church is so divided. We, you know, we, we got, we're going to fly away, sweet Jesus. And then we got old hard-nosed prophets like me saying, I'm going to tell you something. You best understand and you best prepare because we ain't going nowhere. We're not going anywhere in, 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 a, in a be caught away, the rapture. But it's like I've said for probably the last 40 years, this generation is going to prove who's right and who's wrong. It's going to prove it. Like I always said, if we serve a God that would, would take all the Christians off the earth and leave his chosen, uh, being Judah at this time, and us, but I'm just talking about the Christian thing. What kind of God is that? He chose. He chose those 12 tribes. And some of them are that, uh, well, the Jews, because they, you know, they, they have not discovered Christ yet. You weren't talking about a celebration. We're about to get ready to have one of the finest revivals there's ever been on this earth. You get those Jew boys turned on, and I'll get back up, Sadie, because we're, we're going to do some dancing. Okay? <laughs> Can't wait. And who, by the way, who better to, to uh, preach Christ to them than us? Huh? Woo. Some of you better get out behind the barn and practice preaching. <laughs> Let's go to 1 John 2, the first verse. 1 John 2, the first verse. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. Okay? Now, this, isn't that a wonderful way to, oh boy, that you sin not. If you sin not. Why is this sin thing such a big thing with God? Because it holds you back from the things of God. God wants every person in this room, okay, the people that believe in the law and Yeshua, He wants you not just get by day by day. He wants you to be so blessed 
that everybody in the neighborhood is going to come around and say, what did you do? You know, you, you, you were as poor as poor could be, and look at you now. Now, this isn't about money and riches. This is about a God that says, if you will what? Observe and do all of my law, then I will bless you. I will hunt you down, and those blessings will overtake you. You don't have to stand outside and wait on them. They're going to look for you. And it doesn't matter where you go. You don't have to stay home. I've got to stay till 10 o'clock because the Lord may be here to bless me. No. He will hunt you down wherever you're at. Bless you, all right? But understand, sin is what's keeping you hmm, and the world from this living God. It's sin. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Yeshua the Christ, the righteous. We do have and say, thank God. And he is the perpetuation of our sins, and not for ours only, but also of the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. So, brother, wait a minute. What's, what's John doing saying that? I mean, he was there with Christ. And, and, and we know because we've been told in religion that, that you don't keep the law no more. We got Jesus. Right? Well, why did he make such a statement? Huh? We know him if we keep his commandments. As I've taught you long and hard, those commandments are perpetual. God said that they would go on through all of time. They would never end. And yet somehow, some bonehead from Rome, I don't know any names to use or I'd use them, and I usually don't do that, but they're long since gone, decided that that was the message that Yeshua brought. Now, folks, and again, if you haven't studied the material that I have on that subject, you need to do so. If you have studied it and it's been a while, it's been six months, go back and study it again. All right? Because it's important, bless God, for us to know, for us to realize that, bless God, God is not dead. He's not dead. God is still upon the throne. Now, if you really want to mess with your mind, how could anybody hear every prayer that every person on the face of this earth, what, seven billion or something like that, that prays? Oh, come on, come on, prophet. Now, 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 let's get realistic. That's the problem. Okay? He's spirit. He's spirit. What kind of a God would say, let there be light, and all of a sudden, there's light? So I always say, I go outside, and I get to looking at the trees. I get looking at the sky, the stars, the moon, the sun. And just every once in a while, I look up and say, God, what kind of God are you that could do all of this? And yet we think we can figure him out, and we do. Every day people's trying to figure out this God. You're never going to figure this God out. How, how, well, how can he hear? He's God. He can do anything, any place, any time. He can do it. And we are the recipients 
of the good things that he has to give to his children. But try to keep in mind in all this that, that you and I have to keep these commandments. Of course, you know me, I pound and pound and pound on this thing. Prophets preach on sin just about every time we get together. Here it comes. Right? Yeah. Here it comes. Get the sin out of your lives. Get the sin out of your lives. Give God a chance to work in your life. All right, let's go to four. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Now listen up. Are the Baptists keeping the commandments? No. Are the Pentecostals keeping the commandments? No. The Catholics? No. The Charismatics? No. Now wait, I hope you're agreeing with me here. Is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Now let me tell you something. That would blow these people and the rest of the denominations right out of the water to hear me say that. I didn't say that. God said that. Okay? They're liars. They're caught up in the spirit of religion. As I've always said, you come into this thing, the first thing needs to happen to you, you need to be delivered from religion. Get religion out of your lives and get God in your life. It'll work. Fifth verse, but whosoever keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. Wow. Keepeth the word. Keepeth the word. Keepeth the word. His commandments. The law. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. Who's he? Yeshua. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which ye had had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which things is true in him and I in you. Because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even unto now. Oh, all oh, that. Did anybody hear that but me? If you listen to the blog today, you heard the brothers and some of them, at least one of them, maybe all of them, I don't remember. We have a love problem. That's what we've got. Now listen closely to me. For those that you, of you that would murmur against this prophet, you don't love me, you hate me. Oh, no, 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 prophet, it's just an opinion. No, it's hate. You've got to love me. I've got to love you. It's hard to love the unlovely. Amen? And some of you here tonight's a bit unlovely. Not all of you, <laughs> thank God. But you've got to learn to love. When you get into judgment, you're not loving, you're hating. And murmuring is what? It's judgment. Well, I love Brother Deckard, but, man, if I could get a quarter for every time I've heard that said over the years. Woo! Let's go on. Now, he that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there's none occasion in stumbling in him. If you love your brother, 
and there's none stumbling in him. There's a, what? You mean there's no way to stumble if you love if you love your brother with the love of God? You quit stumbling. Why is people stumbling all the time? That's saved and filled with the Holy Ghost right there. They don't love the brethren. Okay? But he that hateth his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whither he goeth. Because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. That's the reason the church is blinded. That's prophetic, okay? That's the reason the church is blinded. They forgot to love or they didn't have some hard-nosed prophet demanding that they love. Of course, I always have said every church needs a prophet, a seasoned prophet, not some character that thinks he's hearing from God. Okay? Now, it goes on 12. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. Thank God they are. I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because you have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. So you can't overcome. Amen? Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I could preach three or four sermons just right there off that verse. This is deep stuff, folks. It's stuff that you, you, don't, you don't get taught or preached to. They just stay away from this stuff. And the reason they stay away from it because they don't want the congregation to think that, oh, my Lord, oh, my God, you know, I, God could hate me. No, no. But understand something. That the love of the Father is not in him. Okay? If you love this world. Think about it. What do you mean if I love this world? If you love this world, the things of this world. Now as we go down through this, we're going to cover that area a lot stronger. Okay, 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but in the world. Okay, now, now we're, 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 we're touching this, okay? We're touching this. We're, we're talking about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. He said, it's not of the Father, but that's of the world. And the world passeth away, and the, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Now, question, is there a chance that if the lust of the flesh is working in you, the lust of the eyes is working in you, the pride of life is in, is there a chance you're not going to get to heaven? Let me read it again. And the world passeth away in the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Hmm? Folks, this isn't a shoe-in. This isn't the Baptist, old Baptist thing, once saved, always saved. Getting saved is the beginning of your walk. The greatest thing that anybody on this earth will have ever done is to have accepted the Lord Yeshua as their Lord and Savior. Okay? But like I'm always saying, you can't use that ticket that's your ticket into heaven until you give up the ghost. Okay? 
So therefore, we have to understand this is a hard, long road. It's tough. God is constantly, this God that you, and I hope you really know that he does hear your prayers, also sees you. Okay? He knows where you're at in this thing. He knows that if, if you've got these, these three things going on in your life, he knows the end result of it. The times of Noah, okay, and Lot were characterized by the lust of the flesh. Both of them. And we're, we're going we're gonna to get there. Scary? Yeah, but no. Why? Because this is a great big God we serve. This is a God that all we have to do, now listen, is keep his rules. God has rules. Okay? When you were a kid or what, when you went to school, there was rules, weren't they? What was the first rule in kindergarten? Keep your hands to yourself. Okay? Start out with the rules, all right? And we still have rules. But God has, has rules, commands, laws. Now, he doesn't hope that we keep those. He commands that we keep them. If you'll do this, I'll do that. If you don't do this, I can't and won't do that. All right? Deuteronomy 28, as I, I've preached for all these years, and you've heard me for the past nine. That first 15 verses tells you all what there is that's going to happen to you if you observe and do all. Say all. All. Of the law. And then from there on down to the end of the chapter, then you find out if you don't observe and do all, all, now listen, all, say all, all, all of these curses will come upon you. And then you read down through there. You know, the other way, everything you touch, God's going to bless. If you don't observe and do all the law, everything you touch, it's cursed. You're cursed. Now, let me ask you this. If you're cursed, how can you be blessed? That's a fair question. If you're cursed, how can you be You can't. We have got churches full of people that are all going to be in a row in churches Sunday. And they're cursed. They don't even know they're cursed. They're cursed. They can't be blessed. There's no way for them to be blessed. Hmm? How shall they know the truth, at least a preacher come and preach? Huh? How will they know? They won't. They don't. At this point, they don't want to be. That's the reason the battle. See, again, when the Lord Yeshua came and did what he did, uh, gave himself for us, then the church divided itself. There's nowhere you're going to read where the Lord said, Now go forth by the Holy Ghost and divide yourself up into all these denominations. You, you, won't, you won't find that anywhere. There's one church. Say one church. One church. And only one. This, this isn't set up to have all these denominations and all these things going on. And then along come Elijah the prophet, me. I, they call me a, an occult. They call me the Antichrist even. And all I'm doing is preaching the truth. The truth makes the church nervous. Okay? Yeah. And I always say, go read the Word. See. 
if I'm not telling you the truth. Because I'm telling you the truth. Amen. Let's go to 1 Corinthians, third chapter. Hallelujah. Oh, how I love the Lord. Oh, how I love the Lord. 1 Corinthians 3, 1. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Now, old Paul, he was he, you know, he pretty hard-nosed. Yeah? He said, I can't, I can't speak to you as unto spiritual. And that's part of the problem. See, I can't speak to the church in spiritual matters because they're babes. I told you from the beginning you were going to have to grow scripturally before you could ever become spiritual. Spirituality will happen after you become scriptural. And, 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 and that growing, okay, and as your babes, okay, he goes on and said, I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for unto you were not able to bear it. Now listen, I'm talking about the church. They're babes. Why don't they get the meat? Why don't they understand? Why don't they, they listen unto the ball and come into this thing? They're babes, and listen, they're not able to handle the other. And, and neither yet now are ye able. So he's telling them, said, hey, you're babes too. For, all, for ye are yet carnal, and whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? Say, that's still going on today. In fact, some of that's going on in this congregation. Now listen. For whereas there is among you envying, strife, and divisions, are you not carnal? In other words, if you haven't come out, what Paul's saying here, if you have not come out of these, huh? You're just not there. You're babes. You, you, you can't take the full meat, all right? Fourth verse, while one saith, I am Paul, another say, I'm on the polis. And you're not carnal? Are you not carnal? I'm sorry, because you're questioning that. Well, who's the greater, Paul or Apollos? Listen, who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. And, and, and folks, that's, that's what this is about. This isn't about a prophet. This is about a living God. It's God that brings. What I do as a prophet is I bring forth revelation knowledge from the throne. And I give it to you. And I pray and believe the Lord God that you're going to take that and build upon it. But it's your choice. All right? We're not going to strong arm anybody into anything. And that's what he's saying here. He said it's the Lord God that gives the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are all laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry, and ye are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. For another foundation can no man lay than that he laid with the Lord Yeshua. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. Okay? Well, it, it's interesting. 
Because Paul, you know, Paul was laying this whole thing out. Did Paul strive to bring those people forward? But he knew what was holding them back. And, that, and that's, that's what prophets are all about. I know some of you, bless God, have made strides and nice strides in this thing. You're a long way from where you ought to be, but you're getting there. And there's others of you sitting back waiting on some magical thing to fall down out of the sky. Folks, God is not magical. It's never going to happen. You have to do something. You have to grow so that you can come away from the sincere milk of the word where God can begin to give unto you the fullness of the word. But understand this. That's the reason you can't get into and out of, uh, into manhood spiritually, man and woman, and out of babyhood just because you pray a prayer. You can't do that. You've got to realize that you're going to be babes, but when you learn to adhere under the Word of God, it's going to work. Now, I know you can remember me telling you the importance of these CDs and DVDs that, we, that I do. God can feed you whatever he wants to feed you. But God only feeds you at the level in which you are. That's the reason that you're going to look at my material and hopefully study my material, and God is going to do what? He's going to begin to deal with you. Six months down the road, go back through the material, and you're going to see things that you didn't see the first time when you studied it. Now, I mean studied. I don't mean just read it and run one ear and out the other. You're not, you're, I didn't see that before. What, what is it? Because God is bringing you to the next level. Now listen to me closely. As a prophet of God and the anointing that God has given to me, those CDs and DVDs will feed the babes and will grow you up into adulthood in the spirit. They will do that if you'll give them a chance. But see, the problem again with most of us, and especially the culture that we live in, it's a one-shot item. I used to give. I used to give away cassette tapes. Proud of that, actually. And I, I you know, I thought, well, you know, I, I, I'm just not going to ask for donation. Just going to give them away. And so everything went real well. And about I don't know, three, four, five months went by, and all of a sudden the angel showed up, and the angel said, "Don't be giving any more of those tapes for free. You ask a donation." And I thought, oh, 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 Lord, uh, uh, the gospel's not for sale. Wasn't that religious? <laughs> yeah, and it was me that was doing it. And the angel said, look. And I looked. And what I saw was the people, the congregation that God had given me here at that time, wasn't great by no means, many. They went home took the cassette tape, opened the closet door, and neatly put it up on top of the rest of the cassette tapes that they had gotten from me. The angel said they're not listening to any of them. They just have them. I said, my Lord and my God. So from that day forward, the prophet began to ask for a donation. All right? 
And the angel said, anything that you have to uh, know that you've given money toward, you're going to more likely, because you gave money, you're going to more likely study him. And, of course, God's right, isn't he? And it's the truth. So I, I've, I've been through all, you know, after 40-some years of all this, folks, I, I, I wish I could tell you I've seen it all. I haven't. I will, obviously, but I haven't. But the parts that I've seen have been the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, and, and you know, there again, realize who this God is. Let, let's go on over into the book of Genesis, the 18th chapter. See if we can cover a little bit of this, because what I'm going to do is I'm going to get way behind, and then you're not going to get to eat tomorrow at noon. Arez uh, uh, isn't going to get to teach Hebrew. No, no, we'll get through this. Genesis 18:1, and the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day, and he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. When he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground and saith, My Lord, if how now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. I will fetch a part morsel of bread and comfort ye your hearts. After that ye shall pass on for therefore. Are you come to your servant? And they said, So do, as thou hast said. And Abraham hastened to the tent unto Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal. Knead it, make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran into the herd, fetched a calf tender and good, and gave it unto a young man, and he, he hasted to dress it. And he took butter and milk, and the calf which he had dressed, and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree, and they did eat. And they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he saith, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent which was behind him. And Abraham and Sarah, old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the matter of a woman. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure in my Lord being old also? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child which I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? No. Nothing. Nothing's too hard. At the time appointed, I will return unto thee. Now, look what? That's God's time, right? Not theirs, God's time. And Sarah shall have a son. Then Sarah denied. Oh, boy. Are we having a bit of a submissive problem here? I, I, you know. Saying, I laugh not, for she was afraid. And he said, Nay, but thou didst laugh. And the men rose up from thence. And looked toward Sodom, and Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation. Thank you, Abraham. And all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. 
For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him. What's he going to do? He's going to be a man. Say, I'm going to be a man. And for those of you that are having problems with your wives not being submissive, you become a man and it'll change. Okay? This is about men. It's about women. It's about children. It's about the most mightiest God that there will ever be. Okay? And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. And the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. And the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is come unto me. And if not, I will know. And the men turned their faces from thence and went toward Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. And Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Now listen to this. Preadventure, there be fifty righteous within the city. Wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for fifty righteous that are therein? That be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked. Now, I want you to remember that. That be far from God to ever slay the righteous with the wicked. Now, who did I tell you we are? We are the righteous. We are the house of Ephraim. We are that of the last day. Okay? I want you to remember that. Now, I don't want you to get at this thing and hear, well, then what do I have to worry about going anywhere? Well, we'll see. Okay? And he goes on to say, and Abraham drew near and, and, and said, Wilt thou destroy? Oh, we got that, didn't I? Uh, 25th verse. That before from thee to do after this matter, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked, that before from thee shall not the judge of all the earth do right. And the Lord said, If I find in Sodom fifty righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. And Abraham answered and said, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord, which am but dust and ashes. Preadventure, there shall lack five of the fifty righteous. This old boy is a wheeler dealer. Wilt thou destroy also the city for the lack of five? And he said, If I find there forty and five, I will not destroy it. And he spake unto him yet again and said, Preadventure, there shall be forty found there. And he said, I will not do it for forty's sake. And he said unto him, Oh, let not the Lord be angry. I'll bet he did. And I will speak preadventure. There shall be thirty be found there. And he said, I will not do it if there's fine thirty. And he said, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord preadventure. There should be twenty found. Boy started, now look at him. A good Jew, okay? And he said, I will not destroy it for twenty's sake. And he said, Oh, let not the Lord, okay? Oh, let not the Lord be angry with, and I will speak yet but once more, or yet just once. Preadventure, ten shall be found. Boy, fifty to ten, that's not bad. And he said, I will not destroy it for ten's sake. And the Lord went his way as soon as he had left communing with Abraham, and Abraham returned unto his place. Now, let me tell you something. The Lord and his angels had blessed, obviously, the fellowship with Abraham, and they did. 
And, and, and something else that I, I think is, is so, so very, very interesting in all this. Abraham, now he's the picture prepared spiritually faithful of faithful believers who have built upon the only true foundation of Yeshua with silver, gold, and precious stones. Lot, on the other hand, oh, Lot typifies a Christian without fruit. Huh? Now, is he, he the righteous of God? Yeah. But he also was in a city full of sin, wasn't he? Now, who is saved yet so by fire? He lost everything he built with wood and hay and stubble. Abraham and Lot started their course together. They both believed God. Both were righteous. Both reached two completely different ends. So you can start out the right direction, and you can sure get off track, can't you? Abraham stood, lived, and walked with God. That's what we're supposed to do. Like Enoch and Noah, outside of Sodom, they brought him under the close fellowship with God, whose pleasure rested upon him. Lot lived within Sodom. Okay, now, now stop and think of this. Why did, why did he live there? He knew there was sin there. He absolutely knew there was sin there. But yet, he chose to live within Sodom, okay? Lot lived within Sodom. The close fellowship with God was almost completely gone. Why wasn't it all the way gone? Why wasn't it all the way lacking? Because he is of the righteous. Folks, I want you to remember something. God always will give us one more chance, at least for a length of period of time, all right? Now... God's pleasure in him was very limited. And, and, that's, and that's what I've been saying this evening. You may be a Christian. Hopefully you are. You may be filled with the Holy Ghost. You may be going to a church. But without the things that I have introduced to you tonight, it's all in vain. So you are limited to what God's going to do for you. You know, I, I, when I started ministering, I was in a lot of... Pentecostal and charismatic churches. And, and, and you know, they love to dance. They love to jump up and down. They love to shout. And yet the same group that was sick last week was in the line sick that this week. As I've always said, the sickest bunch of people that I truly have ever ministered to are the Pentecostals. They believe in healing. They're all sick. What is it? God is limited. He is limited to what he can do for them because of the way that they have acted and interreacted to his law, to his word. Amen? Now, be kind and, and, and say thank you, prophet. We will continue this tomorrow morning, all right? I'm sure after three days of no food, I'm sure that we all are a hundred. Well, at least some of us are. And, and we will uh, get on with the feast here in a few minutes. Don't be like Lot. Lot didn't have to be there. Lot chose to be there. Did Lot understand that he was not walking upright before the Lord God completely? Absolutely he did or he wouldn't have been there. On the other hand, Abraham kept himself clean to the word, didn't he? Now, 
Is there just a chance that the reason Lot was taken out of Sodom and Gomorrah was because of Abraham? Absolutely. If Abraham, see, brothers and sisters, it takes the righteous, all right, to pull those that have slipped away from righteousness back into the fold. Through what? Prayer, intercession, maybe fasting. But it takes that. And, and, and you and I have to learn that. We have to understand what love. You know what love is? It's doing love in the Spirit. Okay? It is seeing. It is seeing the weakness. I don't believe there's anybody in this room that's just blatantly hateful. I don't believe that. But I believe because you have fallen way short of the Word that what you proclaim to be love as I have taught you by the word, is hate. Now, brothers and sisters, that's got to change. You're not going to get anywhere with this, and I'm not going to be able to take you anywhere with this going on in your life. I'm sure we're going to have a nice, long, powerful, anointed healing line tomorrow night. Somehow I just know that. Because I'm going to tell you something, folks. Don't let self... Don't let pride get in the middle of this thing. You've got, you have got to come forward. You can't come forward until you get this stuff out of your lives, until you can understand something. You know, I, I, I really hope and pray that, bless God, that when people come up and want to murmur to you, okay, you ready? When you can... Say to that brother or that sister, whoa, I don't want to hear it. That's murmuring. That's sin, and I don't want to hear it. You want to murmur? You find somebody to murmur to that wants to hear it. You will do more good for that brother or that sister than you ever know. They have to become aware. Most people, as I said, never don't even consider murmuring, judging. They don't, they don't really say it, especially using the word murmur, which is judging. They really, they really don't consider the fact that it's sin. You want to save people? You want to pull people back in to the righteousness of the kingdom? Then we're going to have to get honest with one another, aren't we? Well, you know, I'm a little backward. Then you need to eat a biscuit of Brave. Do we have any of those out there in the back? <laughs> Probably not. The old story it is... Man up, woman up. Don't be a partaker of that because now, now listen, one more thing here. I mean, they don't, you know, the whole thing is like I always say, it don't cost no more money for this next call, man. I didn't even get to drink my water because of it. You have to realize that you, number one, you have to realize that you're falling short. Once you realize that, then the key is what? To repent. But then the next problem is going to be, am I going to go back into that murmuring, into that being unlovely, being where I don't love but I hate? My very people that I really do love, you have to make those decisions. And it's high time that they get made. Because I'm going to tell you something. This is prophetic. If they're not... A number of you in this room, are you listening, are going to be asked not to come back. 
We can't take this poison with us to Israel. We can't take this poison with us to the island. We can't do it. And you must know that. You must recognize that. You pray about this tonight. Before you, but, you know, when you go, hopefully before you go to sleep tonight, hopefully, bless God, that you will uh, pray and you begin to ask God. You just begin to ask Him. If you really don't believe that this is who you are, you ask Him. And I will guarantee you there will come a check in your spirit. There will be something in some way that God is going to nudge you to tell you, yeah, you the one, okay? You the one. Praise God. The truth hurts, doesn't it? Doesn't it? But it also will set us free, woman. And let me tell you something. I love each and every one of you. I really know that you know that. But the tough part of being a prophet like I am is, see, if I was a pastor, you'd never hear this. You know, I had a pastor one time had a, had a brother in the church, and, and oh, I'm sorry, it was a sister in the church, and, and she would stand up and say, Thus saith the mouth of God, and rattle on, and on, and on, and on. Well, as a prophet, I can judge spiritually, and boy, that wasn't even close to being God. And so I said to the pastor, I was there, I don't know how many nights, and I said to the pastor, I said, Pastor, I said, what, what do you do? Now, I didn't accuse her or anyone else. I said, what do you do, Pastor, for, when you get somebody in the church that prophesies, gives tongues, interpretation of those tongues, and it's not of God? Oh, he said, oh, prophet, he said, it's really rather simple. He said, you know, we just let them go on and believe in time they're going to get it right. Now, that's the majority of the way pastors really believe and feel in these Pentecostal and charismatic churches. Isn't that a shame? Do you know the damage, and most of you in this room have learned well enough, words, bless God, are seeds. Do you know the damage that those people are doing to those people in that congregation, of which most will never overcome, never come out of? Hey, thank you so much, Prophet Deckard. Again, you can get a hold of us at the website, www.jewishprophet.com, and you can find out, again, all this material that you're hearing taught every day, every week. Folks, you want to get out there and start taking a look at that and start ordering that material because you need to get a hold of that and start to apply that into your life so that it will change your life. You know what? You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com. We'll be praying for your prayer request. Shalom until tomorrow. And remember, with God, all things are possible. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.